Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now, he was talking to a bunch of heathens there, wasn't he? No, he was talking to the church in Rome. He was talking to people that were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now listen again. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off, get rid of, the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riotous and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now, understanding Paul being one of the greatest men of God that ever walked this earth. I, a lot of people, you know, think that I don't like Paul. And I think Paul, listen, none of that stuff about Paul said we don't need to keep the law is Paul's fault. As I taught you and have taught you very well, and if you're here and you don't understand, you get Paul in the law so that it will do what? It will deliver you of what the church planted in you as we don't need the law anymore because what Paul said, Okay. And I won't go back probably any further than that this weekend. But he's talking to the church. And he's telling them, he said, we've got to walk honestly. What's he talking about walking honestly? Get honest with yourself. You know, I'm always talking about get up every day and look into that spiritual mirror. You get up and look into that mirror and, you know, get your hair combed and all ready to... Every day look into that spiritual mirror and look at yourself honestly. Am I honestly? Okay? Am I honestly? Or am I sinning here and here and here and here and here? What I uh, strongly suggest is probably the thing I'm always suggesting about, that when you go home uh, after the weekend, you need to sit down, uh, uh, paper and pencil or pen in hand, and you need to honestly look into that spiritual mirror and honestly begin, oh, this is going to hurt some of you, to list the things that you know are sin. Okay? Now, now for some of you that are so well already spent into having that taken care of, <clears throat> what about the thoughts? Now I'm talking to some. Now I'm talking to a place where I'll be talking to you uh, somewhere three years or so down the line, and we're going, we're going to come to that, folks. Right now, what I'm trying to get stopped, as far as God is telling me to stop, is the sin. Okay, the things that you're doing, the lying, the lust, the this, the that, the those, the that. Mm-hmm. But it's going to come down to, if you, if you think this is a trip for you, it's going to get down to the very thoughts that you're having. Good, bad, and ugly. Okay? So make the list out. Now, some of you are going to need a legal-sized piece of paper. You know, they're bigger than just the, you know. 
and, and uh, God forbid that anybody's got to go out and buy a whole, uh, you know, whole row of uh, uh, Charmin and have to ride on both sides of it. <laughs> you won't, okay? You won't. But you, you need to get those things down, and it's just like I, I've taught you with, with don't try and, and think that all that's going to leave you in a day, and I, I, you know, or the moment. It's going to take some time, but you're going to have to work on it. You're going to have to. I, I, what I would do, I would take the sin in your life that seemingly so easily besets you, okay, and what I would do with that, I'd begin to work on that. Now, What's the first thing you'll need to do with that? Oh, this is a good one. Now, you need to pray that the Lord God deliver you of that in the name of his son, Yeshua. Are you listening? Devil, come out in Yeshua's name. That's the way the prophet do it, right? Okay. Uh, you don't have to get quite that dramatic with it, of course, but you, you need to command. Now, listen, that is a spirit. We eliminate the spirits, we have eliminated the sins. You getting a hold of this? Okay. So we have to eliminate the spirit that's driving you. And that's what darkness does, is drive you. Okay. And once you can eliminate that, it's done. Now, after you have, you know, as we've taught you with deliverance, after you have what? Prayed about that. After you've asked God to deliver you from that. Then, the same thing happens that you hear me say over and over again on the blog radio. Uh, that sin, that spirit, is going to go out to the dry place. We don't know where it's at. The Bible doesn't say. It's going to be there for a season. Don't know how long that's going to be, right? But the thing that you're going to notice is that once you have done that, you are going to have a reprieve, if you will, of that, of that sin, of that spirit. It's not going to be coming back at you and, bless God, at you so easily being beset by it. You're going to, have, you're going, you're going to get some time off. And when that spirit, that sin, comes back to you, we know that it's going to bring, what, seven other spirits worse than that spirit of sin that went out there. Now, I want you to think here for just, just a few seconds. You know how bad that is in your life. I need to see a little list so I know so I know you're not asleep. You got breakfast and everybody's happy, all right? Now, how would you like for that to be seven times that? Let's see this one. No. No. We don't you don't want that. You can't afford that. So again, how do you eliminate it? When you understand that you're feeling that oppression of that sin coming back at you, brothers and sisters, it's come back home. That's when you've got to rise up and say, look, I'm delivered of that. Be going right now in the name of Yeshua because I can handle you because you're out there. When you were in here, I couldn't. <laughs> be gone. Now, again, a few applications that, you're going to beat that. But now here's the problem with, with sin. You have been so used to sinning, okay, that it is a way of life for you. That's the reason holiness is so hard to obtain, because people get themselves locked up into the fact that, well, I just can't help myself, which that's a cute out, or I just pray and Jesus forgive me and everything's fine. 
okay? But keep this in the back of your noggins and in your spirit of what I mentioned last night that Yeshua said. Go and sin no more, at least a worse thing come upon you, okay? Now, I believe that that is the beginning of how you're going to come to holiness, all right? And again, don't let anybody sitting in this room think that you're already there. If you were, I would be more than glad, and I'm sure the Lord God would want me to stand you up in the midst of this congregation so you could be noticed for your holiness. There isn't any, so don't bother. Don't make a fool out of yourself is what I say. You know, I thought about coming up here today and saying, now, kind of approach this differently. Now, okay, now I want all of you that really know, really know that you've now, you're already walking in holiness to stand up. Oh, would that been a fireworks? Because some of you would have. God forbid, prophet, there's some of us in here. Yeah, and you're one of them. Okay? Be careful, folks. Look into the mirror and get honest. Get honest. You have to become honest with yourself. You have to. This thing of holiness is not a cakewalk. This thing of holiness you didn't get, even though we went through the scriptures last night when you got saved. You have the opportunity to turn the switch of holiness on in your life by fulfilling the word and walking according to it. Hallelujah. All right. Now, let's go to Romans 14, 17. 14, 17 of, of, of Romans. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, I call this holiness and righteousness is all the same thing, okay? But it sounded better if I said holiness, righteousness, and selfishness, and just holiness and selfishness, I guess. But you see, there's a peace with this. And there's also a joy with this. Now, some of you in this room have truly had this prophet lay hands on you, and you've been delivered, okay? Do you remember, let, let's say it would have happened probably on Saturday night, like tonight. Do you remember how you felt when you left this, this sanctuary? There was a joy pouring out of you that you hadn't known for a long time, wasn't there? And then there was a peace that came upon you. A peace, again, that passeth all understanding. And, folks, that's what holiness is. Now, let me tell you something. When you reach a point that you're walking, let's put 99.9% into the, into the realm of holiness, that joy of the Holy Ghost is there all the time. And there is a peace in you that you will think to be strange for a long time. A peace. And that is what God wants for you. All right. Now, First Corinthians, go to it there in the third, the third chapter of First Corinthians. Hallelujah. Again, Paul uh, trying to talk to the Corinthians, and, and and as I've taught you, you know, these letters that Paul wrote, he wasn't there. Uh, he was not there preaching in the synagogue or teaching in the synagogue. He wrote them letters to try to straighten them out. <laughs> Well, I find it's a whole lot easier to straighten people out eyeball to eyeball. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you. All right, let's go 1 Corinthians 3.16. 3.16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? 
Hmm? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, we often read these things and, um, and we want to sort of think of Paul as, oh my, holier than thou, okay? Did he walk in holiness? Absolutely. But we get to thinking that these, these guys are something high and lifted up and, oh, they were, oh, they were just, oh. Uh, let's, for instance, uh, uh, listen to this prophet. Know ye not, brothers and sisters, that you're the temple of the living God? Do you not know it? Yeah, you're looking pretty strange now at me, aren't you? But see, that's the problem with it being written on a paper. Paul was not a <laughs> Paul was not a tiptoe through the tulip pastor. He was an apostle. He was a man of God, anointed of God. To carry the message to the Gentile generation, of which I told you there ain't nobody ever walked this face of earth or ever will that will want that job. Okay? But she said, I hope I didn't startle you, but some of you look like I did, maybe. But you see, that, see, there's a difference? But see, what you hear is, no, you're not, brothers and sisters. You're the temple of the living God. Does that sound like some of these television? Oh, I love Jesus. How Jesus loves you. Now, there's nothing particularly wrong with that, but, well, there might be to me, but. <laughs> Tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> These were real men, okay? They were real men. They, they weren't some of these high boys pitched, well, I love you, Jesus. People, no. They, they were real men. But I hope, I hope you, thank you, Holy Ghost. That was a good illustration. Seventeenth verse, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple are ye? Now, now folks, I, I'm, I'm preaching and teaching some stuff to you this weekend. You've never seen it like this. I want you to grab onto, I want you to underline, I want you to circle, I want you to highlight it in, do whatever you've got to do. But he said, if any man, that means man or woman, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God, what? Destroy. He, again, is not talking to the heathens on the street. Paul is preaching to the church. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, prophet, wait a minute. These people, now, this is the church's argument. These people are healed. They're the righteousness of Christ. Well, I hope we got through that last night. Yeah, they, you are. But you have to do what? You have to go on with that. And what Paul is saying here is, is look, boys and girls, if you defile, if you defile this temple that's holy, you know, he said, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy. Say the temple of God, temple of God is, holy. is holy. I, I am, holy. am holy. You're holy. Now, if you're not, what's going to happen? It's going to be destroyed. Now, that opens up, well, obviously, a can of worms that I'm not going to get all the way into, but you know, I have always told you from the beginning of eight years and whatever, that it's not once saved, always saved. Now, the, the, you know, there's, uh, there are denominations that preach and teach that. 
Now that I'm saved, I can't sin. Boy, that opens a nice door. I always want to belong to that church, you know. So I can't sin anymore. And they will argue with you about that. Some of you probably have come out of that denomination. But, you know, folks, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Not when you read it that way. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, 21. 10, 21. The separation, the calling out that's been given to us by God through the apostles and the prophets is real. All right? Now listen. 1 Corinthians 10, 21. Ye cannot... That doesn't mean maybe you will one day and maybe you won't the next day. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be takers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. What is he saying here? You can't be into sin and be into righteousness and have righteousness to partake of. You can't do that. If you're, if you're into sin, get, what are you going to reap? Now, I'm not saying telling nothing that you haven't heard before and don't know. You're going to reap sin. But, uh, but here's what's happening. And, and, and we bring you together on these weekends. And by the way, that, that's a reason, one of the reasons why it's so important that you get your heinies in here on the weekend of the, of the quarterlies. Because you're going to get a, jo- a chance to be taught, rejuvenated, lifted up, stirred up by the Holy Ghost and your spirit man. To the place when you go home, you're going to be fired up, ready to go. And then by the time the next, now listen to me, by the time the next quarterly comes around, the batteries, okay, have just kind of done what? Just almost run out. But you can come here and fellowship with your brothers and your sisters. You can sit under this wonderful anointing of the Lord our God. You charge in batteries again. Somebody say amen. Amen. And that's, and that's what's important because the Word of God's tough to get into because, again, excuse me, the, the, the Satan comes not, 10.10 of John, but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Uh, the job that Satan is going to have when you leave here Sunday after service is to steal from you the Word that got planted in you while you're here. Does everybody understand that? Thank, thank you. And that's exactly uh, what's going to happen. And, and let, me, let me tell you something else about exactly. You exactly need to realize you are the winner. You have won. So step up to the plate. Knock the ball out of the ballpark. Okay? Don't, don't sit back and take all this junk when you don't have to. But you have to understand it's going to take you doing it. I, you know, again, so many people, and I, I think we have some, not, not very many in the organization, that's really waiting on the weekend to come that the prophet will say, come forth, my children. The prophet of God has been instructed by the Holy Ghost himself to pour oil upon you, lay hands upon you, and all will be delivered to never again have to go back. I'd be first in line, okay? First. That ain't going to happen, by the way, in case somebody said, oh, boy, what weekend's that? I'll make sure I get there that weekend. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15:34. Isn't it nice I kind of put this together where you don't have to go from front to back? Come on, give me a break. 1 Corinthians 15:34. Awake to righteousness... And sin not, 
I love what Paul says here. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Now, I don't want to go back into my rendition prophetically as a major prophet of God, as I did in that other. But can you imagine? Now, Paul was assigned to the church of Corinth, okay? And Paul went in to Corinth. He taught, he preached, he demonstrated the power of God, charged their batteries, if you will, and then Paul left Corinth. Now, he couldn't get back there. I'm sure as often as he would like to get back there because there was, you know, there's places, I don't know that I got into it in this study that I'm doing with you, where he said, you know, it would be unto your hurt if I showed up. Now, did you ever stop and wonder what that one was all about? Well, let me just tell you, he's about to take him out back and read between the lines a little bit. <laughs> you ever read where in the, in the scripture where it says, and Peter cursed? God forbid Peter? No, not Peter. <clears throat> I'm afraid so. Get over it. These were men. Again, these were men. These weren't people out here trying to be something they weren't. That's the reason I told you from the beginning. What you see here is what you get. You don't like it, don't you let the door hit you on the way out. Amen. Like it? Don't like it? That's up to you. But I am who I am in front of you. I have seen thousands of preachers get up in the bemas, the holy bemas, acting holier than you could ever believe, and living like the devil. Hiding all that sin. Huh? Come on. Come on. I've gone to basements of churches and drug out fifths of whiskey all for all you can't imagine. And there was times when I just pleaded with God, don't send me to those churches anymore. My Lord and my God, they're full of sin. And when this right here is full of it, that out there don't stand a chance. Why? Because there is something I've taught you very well about transferable spirits. Hmm? And you're going there sitting in those dead things to start out with, and they keep transferring that spirit that they have to you. Like I said, you better be careful who you're letting lay hands on you. Hmm? You better be sure that's a clean vessel. Because if it isn't, you're going to take home another load of devils. Ooh, let's don't go to preaching that, Lord. That, that, you know, huh? But he said, I speak this to your shame. What is he saying to their, to, to their shame? Hey, folks, they should know him better than that. They should know him better than that. He said, come on, wake up, boys and girls. Wake up to the holiness, the righteousness thing. For some of you, not the knowledge of God. <laughs> Isn't that what it all is? The lack of knowledge is what destroys us, and that's what Paul was saying. Let's go to 2 Corinthians now, 6th chapter, 2 Corinthians 6. Hallelujah. Even though I know this is tough, are you beginning to learn something? Please. Yeah. I know you will. You know why? You love the Lord. You know why? Most all of you in this room have made a quality decision. This is where it's at with you. You are an Ephraimite. You're going to go through this thing. And from the beginning, I've told you, come in, sit down, shut up, and learn something, right? And listen, I'm proud because you are learning something. I'm proud of that part, folks. I, so, listen up. Second, Second Corinthians 6, 14. 
Now this again, these a lot of these scriptures you you know. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? So what Paul's doing here is he's trying to say, look, you can never walk into holiness as long as you're around darkness. Now let me let me give you a, a, a good uh, illustration of this. Some of you, and maybe most of you in this room, have relatives that are really not exactly excited that you're here this weekend. Okay? And because of that, if what you're doing is right, and it is, then what they're doing is wrong. Number one, you have the right to decide with God to walk in him or not to walk in him then who would it be of a mother father neighbor next door uh down the street somewhere or whoever to come to you and say ooh ooh huh what right is that now if they're feeding you giving you a place to live and and, and you know um, well th- there's a different story gets into that but i'm talking about you have left left home you're living on your own and somebody is still trying to tell you what you know my favorite line to that always was the last time I checked you're not paying my light bill my uh, heat bill uh, you're not paying the car insurance payment or the payment on the house or the insurance and the food no then until you do that don't you be coming around trying to tell me what you think I ought to be doing okay I'm a big boy. Going to make mistakes? Well, I made all kinds of mistakes. Going to make some more? Probably so. Not by, oh, golly, let me go out and make a mistake. It's just, that's life. But you see, again, what you're doing now is darkness has come to do what? Through somebody that you love, a parent, a brother, a sister, a friend. Darkness is using them, my dear brothers and sisters, to fulfill John 10.10, that he might come and steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's trying to steal from you the opportunity that God is giving to you to do something that hasn't happened for thousands upon thousands of years. The entire nation of Israel is going to be one. Does that sound like a fantasy? Yeah, I got to admit that. No, it's reality. It all has to start small. Yeah, and we started with me and Donna in the living room, as a matter of fact. Donna looks at me, and I looked at her after I tell her what the angel came and said to me. She said, well, well, she said, I guess it could be a smaller congregation. Meaning with one of us wasn't there. Huh? I remember standing. I don't think, Donna, we had 15 people. I remember standing. Back then, we didn't do anything in here because it cost money for the life, so we just did it in the middle room. And I remember standing there and telling them, let me tell you what God told me. Let me tell you what he told me. One of these days, this is going to fill up with people from all everywhere because they're going to come because they're Ephraimites. Their eyes got big, and I'm sure if I was looking in the mirror, mine were probably rather large. What was I doing? Was I fantasizing? No, I was walking in faith. There is a difference, okay? 
That's where you're going to have to come to with this sin problem. You're going to have to walk in faith by it. You're going to have to understand, Paul was desperately trying to, to get the, the Corinthians to understand. You, you See, folks, I, and please don't understand, don't misunderstand. I'm not telling you, you do not have anything longer to do with mom, dad, brothers, sisters, next door neighbors, and friends. That, that, I'm not telling you that. What, what I want to tell you, though, is you have got to be prepared every time you get around them. Now, please don't get to the place where you look at them as they're the devil. No, Satan's using them, okay? Satan can use the best Holy Ghost-filled Christian on the block at any given time that they give place to him. They have given place to Satan. Do they know that, bless God, that this is the last and one of the greatest movements of God that there will have ever been on the face of this earth? No, because if they knew that, they'd be here, right? But again, what, what was it? That, 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 that the disciples said to Yeshua, said, hey, how come you keep talking to these people and these parables and we don't even understand them? Then you take us out here behind the barn, you explain to us how we can understand. said, you know, we, we, we don't understand this, Yeshua. He looked at him, ah, yeah, pretty simple. Now listen, it's not given unto them to know. It's given to you. It's given to you, folks. I'm sorry. I've got I've got a brother and a sister that it's not given to. Okay. I'm sorry, but it's given to you. Now, what are you going to do? Well, you have an opportunity to do one two things. You got an opportunity to bless God to fulfill that destiny in your life. Or you got an opportunity to deny that destiny. But if you deny that destiny, you will stand before God, and you will answer for it. And it won't be fun. I'm sure of that. Now, back back to your mom, dad, siblings, friends, next-door neighbors. You know, they not, might not really be friends, but they come over and give you their opinion anyway. So what you do when you get ready, and you know that you're going to go there for Thanksgiving, you're going, they're coming over to the house to visit, you've got to bind the powers of darkness that is using them up. 30 days of fasting, prophet? No, no. I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness over Whoever it is that's coming to my house, I'm going to their house in the name of Yeshua. And what I bind on this earth is bound in heaven itself, so be bound in Yeshua's name. That's all you got to do. Now, what are you doing? You're going to bind up, huh? You're going to bind up that darkness that's using them. You, you, and, folks, I'm going to tell you, this, this is a great exercise because it works, Okay. Well, I don't have a lot of experience. You don't need any experience into this thing. Huh? It's that name, the name that's above every name. Do it. Watch it work. And just and, and the more you do that, see, spirits recognize who you are, okay? They recognize who you are. And bless God, the more, you know, the next time they come over, they're going, oh, man, we're going back. You know what's going to happen, don't you? We're going to get over there, and bless God, we're going to walk in there and whoop. I'm not sure that was a right demonstration, but 
about the best I can come up with this early in the morning, all right? But that's what happens. Uh, spirits, as I've taught you, when you buy, they're only bound. They're going to come loose again. So if they come over and things get a little edgy, whip off into the bathroom and try to be quiet as you can be. They shouldn't hear you say, I bind you. No, you, not really. <laughs> you come back out, they'll be gone. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Sometimes we get a little radical. Who would know about that? <laughs> okay. So anyway, you know, there we are. And he's saying, what communion hath light with darkness? You can't mix the two. But there's one thing about it, and if we turn all these lights off in here, yeah, it'd be dark. Once you turn them lights on, it dries all that darkness out, doesn't it? That was the principle which was taught throughout the Scripture. The 15th verse says, And what concord hath Christ of the Biel, or what uh, part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And again, what Paul was, was doing here was, was saying, Now look, boys and girls, please. It's one thing that you've got to put up with the family, the friends, okay? But it's another thing of you having to do what? You going down to wherever that's at. And putting yourself into the, the den of lions. Can God protect you? Yeah. But the, again, the problem is most people don't know how to find that protection for themselves. All right? So what he's saying here is that you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't mix those two. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? And ye are the temple of the living God. We know that. Okay? Uh, as God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, I will be their God, they shall be my people. I wish there, there would have been another if. Okay? Uh, and the reason, folks, that I think that that was left out here and many other places was the fact that uh, these, uh, these guys taught it. They had heard this many times over. Okay? Be ye holy as he's holy. Sin not. Okay? Don't let the sin, don't let sin destroy you. So that's what he was saying. He said, that's the way it is, that, that God will dwell in them and walk in them. He'll be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Okay? Saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. What is the unclean thing? It is the sin that so easily besetteth thee. Okay? That's what it is. Come out from among that. Okay, that's the reason I'm saying. Go home and make a list. Take the thing that you know is the biggest sin. Now, now folks, please, don't, don't email and say, well, I only had one. I got rid of it. You don't want to play that game with the prophet, okay? I'll suggest, you know, another 20 or 30 that maybe you could pray about. Uh, but understand, that's where it's got to start. It has to start there. No, and no, no, you know, again, and if you're not, every day, when, you know, again, when I taught you to pray, okay, I taught you about prayer and the different kinds of prayer, we got into the thing of every day binding up the powers of darkness, okay, right off the bat before you crawl out of bed in the name of Yeshua. You, you, you have to pray. Uh, pray that your sins, known and unknowingly, be forgiven you in the name of Yeshua every day. And your families. Cover your families, okay? I have a big family. And some of my family I would like to call up every once in a while. What are you doing? Okay? <laughs> oh, God forbid it ever come to that. But the thing is, my brothers and sisters, we 
have to do this on our own, okay? But constantly, okay? You, but you're going to have to come out from that. And then he goes 18, he said, I'll be my father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. We are his sons and daughters, okay? But some of us are bastards. Now, I'm, you know, that may not sound like a nice word, but look it up. Um, unto all that. In other words, we're part of the family, but we're really not part of the family. And unfortunately, folks, that's what most of the church, that's what this thing's about. Uh, people have not, uh, uh, I, probably way back in what, the 30s and the 40s, the Pentecostals, they, they really, the, the, they come hard uh, uh, against sin, and they, they preached and taught a lot of holiness, okay? And I love the way it turned out. How many of you understand, how many of you have ever been in a holiness Pentecostal church? Thank you. I know you have, brother. Well, folks, the thing I loved about it, what, what they traded, what they traded for the way holiness really is, was to dress like it. Hmm? Now, I spent a couple years in a holiness Pentecostal church. And, and um, well, you know, girls, you wore no makeup, God forbid. And in a lot of those uh, old Pentecostal holiness churches, girls, if you, if you had the sleeves of your shirt or, or blouse, I think is what you call them, in, to there, you're going to hell. That's all there was to it. You didn't wear any jewelry, God forbid. There's a scripture for that. Uh, you, you know, you didn't dress all up. You wore skirts that was down to your ankles or... Or, or the, your, your, right said your sleeves came to there. Okay, yes, bless God. You, uh, in back in that time and age, they got away from the head coverings. But back that far back, the twenties and thirties, that they were still demanding that uh, that the women, the women, why the women? I don't know because it was for everybody. But as you will have been taught. But so that's what they did. So what we did was we traded the word in here for the sign out there, okay? Have you ever been anywhere, and boy, I've been a lot of places, and seen an entourage of the holiness people come in? Have you ever? Have, some of you have, okay? You can see them coming a block away. Here they come. Just like you're going to hell. Look how you're dressed. I loved it. Now, like I said, I, I was involved there for at least two years, maybe a little longer than that in, in that movement. The thing God was doing with me, I, he, because, you know, I was just downright stupid. I didn't know anything other than the, what's now the Methodist Church, the United Methodist Church. And so God was going to have me experience that. And what's the best way to experience it was to get, you know, be there. Now, for the men, we had to wear sleeves to there. Okay, we, we wore sleeves to there. God forbid, ladies, that you were ever seen in a pair of slacks or jeans. That's hell coming home. Okay? No, you don't do that. Well, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. But see, understand, holiness is not on the outside. Modesty is on the outside. Holiness will bring modesty to the outside. Holiness is in here, not out there. Let's go now to 2 Corinthians 7.1. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. 
It says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. Now, what promises is he talking about? Well, you can just go in there and read the first, what, 15 verses of Deuteronomy 28. Having therefore these promises, the promises of the covenant, keeping the covenant, all right? Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all, there's that A-L-L, filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting, uh-oh, holiness in the fear of God. Okay? Why does he say fear of God there? Because we just read back there that if you're not real careful, it's going to be to your death. Okay? It's going to be to your spiritual death. Now, so, we, it was, so Paul now has put up with them about as long as he wants to put up with them. Again, we can go back, and I hope the little illustration I gave you, that you, you, you could kind of see that at this point, Paul has just about had all the Corinthians that he wants, even through writing this letter. And he's just getting down to the place of saying, look, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Therefore, having these, these promises, you know, of being healthy, wealthy, and wise, and, you know, a lot more to that than that, but... He said, let us cleanse. So evidently, there was a problem. Now, where was the problem at? Out in the streets and in the church. Paul was having the same problem bringing holiness to the Corinthians as I'm having bringing holiness to Ephraim. That is no, there is no difference in turning here. They just did not get it. Okay? They just did not understand it. They were caught up in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost through the name of Yeshua. They were tied up having an apostle of God, the blessed God that could raise the dead and do in whatever else that needed to be done through the name of Yeshua and the power of the anointing that God had given to him. They didn't get it. They just did not get it. And Paul was staying after him. Huh? He said, perfecting holiness. What does that mean? Oh, good. Sin out of your life, holiness in your life. That's exactly what it means. Sin out of your life, holiness in your life. That's what that means, perfecting it. How do you perfect it? You have to, now listen, work on it every day, every hour of the day, year in and year out. There's always going to be more, brothers and sisters, to learn tomorrow than you have learned today. You have to be teachable. And, 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 and you know, so probably that's a good uh, analogy of what we're doing this weekend. I, I honestly, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't receive, uh, besides maybe the ones of you that have come for the first time, and I wish you'd kind of picked a different time. You know what I'm saying? But it's all, it'll be all right. God knew you're here. I, there's nobody. Uh, last night, when I get home and I go to prayer, the first thing I do, I begin to ask the Lord God, how well it was received by you. Okay? Now, as I minister in that anointing, as is upon me today, I know about many of you, okay? Because it's just like, well, this is fun. It's just like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm up here doing what I'm doing, and all of a sudden, uh, you're standing right here, and I'm looking right at you. Okay? And God is saying, look, and I look, I can see your heart. I can see you receive. But I don't get to do that with everybody, okay? So when I get home, I, when I pray, I say, Lord, I pray that they received it 
Well, we got a good score last night. Okay? And, folks, these hard messages. I've had people just absolutely, I mean, look like they got in an armored tank, you know what I mean? And the word come and just bounce off the tank like bullets. And I go, oh, me and oh, my. Didn't do very good there, Lord. Woo. You ought to have been with me, with me when you had to be with me every week, huh? <laughs> well, it didn't go very well, did it, Lord? Yeah, I'll preach the same message next week. Next week, there wouldn't be quite a few people in there because they knew that I was going to do the same message because they knew it didn't go real well. Get down to the second week, the Lord said, preach the same message. Well, that didn't go on for week and week and week, but I've had it go on like for three services. Oh, change this and that around a little bit. Same, same message, okay? So, understand that Paul, now listen, Paul wasn't going through anything differently and the Corinthians than we're going through right here, right now, in the year 2013, okay? Been a day or two, right? But now listen. Sin is still the same sin today as it was then. Amen. Hadn't changed any. I mean, the, you know, the face of it may have a bit. Second Corinthians 10, all right? And, of course, you know, here again, so beautiful the way the patience of Paul. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you.